are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Today it's Brandon Chase and myself, Greg, um, and we are going to discuss some of our craziest experiences in the outdoors, we're, and we're keeping it clean, Which, okay. um, family oh, friendly. Well, I gotta go back okay, to the, you. Gotta, yeah, the, I, I should have told you that. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. but I'm excited to hear about yours because I know you almost died like six times. So, like you've got a choice. You have choices. Yeah. I I only have one, and yeah. it's not even near death. It's Okay, it was near death. I'm, to- I'm switching it back to it was totally near death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about your Sasquatch experience? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah it's definitely. I mean, because he gets a hold of you. <laughs> oh yeah. It's over. Oh yeah. So because I I definitely wanted to hear your Sasquatch. I was afraid that you were thinking of some different one and we wouldn't get to hear it. No, Bigfoot. It was real. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Chase, do you have a? Uh, you have something? Yeah, I got something queued uh, up. All right. So who wants to go first? Brandon. Yeah? Go for it. Okay. Take us away. It's uh, my, it's my uh, Bigfoot story. Yeah. Went to City of the Rocks, Idaho, to go rock climbing. And um, I'd never been there. It's my first time there. It's kind of, this was a little while ago. I don't know how much has changed since I haven't been there. Like Cody goes every other weekend. Um, but it's kind of eerie on the way in. We had Jeeps. We both had Jeeps. And there was like all these birds on the road, and we killed all these. We got to the campsite, and there was all these dead birds in the grill. It was like weird, <laughs> o- ominous. Heck? I know, <laughs> I know, it was weird. I'm like, is this does this happen? Like, is this like a real thing? You know, <laughs> right. like because we would it seems like a Hitchcock movie or it, something. Yeah, like to start, and it was just kind of eerie. Like we were, it was off season or something, but there wasn't busy. There wasn't hardly anybody there, and it was we got there in time to go climb. We climbed all day. Or maybe we stayed a night, and then we. This was the next night. I don't think it was the first night. I don't remember. Anyway, we set the tent up. Set the tent up, and uh, it's myself. It was a. It's a Kelty. I remember it was a Kelty tent. Uh, three or four person. I think it was a four person, because there was three of us in there, and there was plenty of room. So it's like a car camping tent. Set the car camping tent up. Myself, my girlfriend, and uh, a good friend of mine who. Uh, co-hosts or the uh with me the through the pines financial podcast if you haven't heard that it's fantastic his name is rex baxter he's the one who got me into rock climbing so we're like his dreams like go to idaho so we go to the city of the rocks we're all in a tent you know how when you're all in a tent together you're talking and laughing and telling jokes <laughs> and you can like it's one of those tents with a mesh top you look at the stars a great night all of a sudden rex is like shh, shh, shh. <laughs> what 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 you hear that and he said well You can actually hear the fire. You hear the fire. But it was like something was at our fire. So it went our tent and then some bushes, and our fire was on the other side of the bushes. So we couldn't really see it in the sight line from the tent. But you could hear, like, it sounded like someone was moving the rocks around our fire. 
And so Rex is like, hey, hey, get out of here. And it stopped and then started moving the rocks again. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> someone's messing with us. And that's not that's not OK. You know, and so our attention is to the upper left hand side of the tent because the noise is coming from over there. Meanwhile, something suddenly hits the bottom right hand side of the tent and we lose it. We're like, oh, my gosh, what was that? What was that? It like. <laughs> Like hits the tent and I couldn't see, like we couldn't see it. So we're like, um, all right, we got to get out of the sleeping bags and, and figure out what's going on. So we get out of the sleeping bags. The, our, tr- our Jeeps are parked down the hill. So we get into the Jeeps. We drive both Jeeps around like the, the street a little bit. It's like the street. It's like a dirt road a little bit and park Rex's Jeep shining up into the camp with his headlamp or headlights shining into camp. And we're like, okay, now we can see the camp. So then I'll take my Jeep, drive it back to the thing, and we'll hike up and see what who's messing with us in camp. And uh, I'm like, Rex, we need a weapon. Like, I don't know, like, what's good? Like, you got anything? He's like, I, I got a fillet knife for fish. I'm like, give me the fillet knife. I know karate. <laughs> so, so I lead with the fillet knife, hiking up the dirt road to camp to see what, who's messing with us. And Rex's lights in his Jeep turn off. And then they turn back on and then they turn off and we're like, dude, someone's seriously. So we run back down to my Jeep, which my girlfriend was in in case of for a getaway. Right. She's driving. We jump in the back of the Jeep, driving by his Jeep. I'm hanging out the side of of the Jeep with this fillet knife like I'm going to like <laughs> drive by fillet somebody or something. We get to his Jeep and it's just sitting there. Lights are toggling, toggling on and off. It's just the angle he parked at, like must have been at an angle to where. The, there's a loose wire, so the lights are just <laughs> no way. blinking on and off, right? I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. We are so such nerds. Like, why are we so scared? You know, so we go. So Rex is now he's mad. So I'm give me the knife, right? So he, he gets the knife. He's like, I'm walking up there. <laughs> like, yeah, give me the knife. So all right, again, the girlfriend's in the car. Quick drive away. He leads. He's got the knife. He's not even taking his time. He's like hiking up the road. Like this is stupid. Straight towards the fire pit, right? Turns the corner, sees something turns at me and yells run i'm like okay so we're like running down to the jeep diving to the back of the jeep i'm like rex rex what'd you see and he's like i don't know man but it was bipedal <laughs> it was bipedal i'm like wait time out as we're driving away who says bipedal <laughs> and then who says bipedal in like a life or death situation, situation? Right. Like, like what kind of class <laughs> I was really was thrown for. I'm like, it's bipedal, huh, Rex? Like, <laughs> like Bigfoot. He's like, yeah, man, Bigfoot. It was it was bipedal. Okay. <laughs> I don't like. I got nothing. Uh, so we drove around forever just because we were like, well, I don't. Rex was scared. He swears he saw something bipedal, bipedal. run from the fire. So we eventually were like, dude, we are tired. We're going back to camp. We went back to camp, laid in the tent. Sure enough, we heard the noise again, and it was just Rex was like out. He was like, <laughs> like I'm like Rex, the noise is back. <laughs> Didn't care. I'm looking at my girlfriend at the time. She was like, oh, Rex, don't care. I guess nobody. I guess it's not a big deal. Like he hasn't tried to hurt us. You know, I'm like, okay, well. So the next morning, we surveyed the scene, and the rocks around the fire pit look like they haven't been moved, but there's a flattened bed of grass down towards the bottom of the tent and there's this giant root root from a tree that you can walk by up above and it'll it'll hit the bottom of the tent 
So it was close because it, it bumped that root from above and it slapped the bottom of the tent. So we thought it was down near the bottom of the tent, but it wasn't. So it was probably a deer or something that that's where it sleeps every night. <laughs> Yeah. Is where the grass was laid down. But deer aren't bipedal. But beer, deer aren't bipedal. <laughs> right. Bigfoot is bipedal. And uh, uh, Through the Pines is inspired by that story, <laughs> the uh, financial <laughs> podcast, because oh, that's, okay. we reference Bigfoot often in the in the podcast. And it has a lot to do with that. The night Rex saw. I didn't see anything. I don't know what he saw, but it was scary. And then we had to go climbing the next day. We went climbing the next day, and you know, all was good, but. I still I can't think about City of the Rocks without thinking about Bigfoot. Yeah. There. So if you've ever been climbing there, now be on the walk, be on the lookout. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad I didn't know that before now because I've been there quite a few times and I'd be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. I'm glad uh, I don't go there anymore. Super scary. I'm just you know, kidding. Super like scary City situation. Oh, life or death, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You and know. I just the the absurdity of me hanging out on the side of a jeep <laughs> with, with a fillet knife, like we're just gonna drive by fillet somebody <laughs> at two, one in the morning or whatever time it was was. Could you imagine though <laughs> if you would have filleted Bigfoot? You would have been. You would not be working at Gear Thirty right now. I I'd be a national hero yeah. or disgrace probably. Right. Yeah. Mm, well. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Well, I can't beat that. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't want to go. Should have had you go last. Yeah. Maybe we should Should've tell ours been. and then we'll edit. We'll switch we'll around. Switch and post, <laughs> yeah. A little post production. Yeah. yeah. All right, okay. Chase. You first or me? <laughs> go for it. All right. Well, I'm trying to think of of which one I have that could beat that. I just don't think I do. Uh. Well, well, let's see. So. So this is a story that I haven't told on this podcast before. I think some of the others I might have referenced before, but um, this isn't as much my story as it is my buddy Phil's. So, so he and I were our, were the um, our partners in crime when we were growing up as teenagers. We went on climbing trips, backpacking trips, and lots of different crazy stuff together, and we seemed to get in trouble a lot together. <laughs> um, this is true. I mean, even when we were like... Uh, even just driving to the trailhead we got pulled over <laughs> multiple times for trespassing because and got tickets for trespassing because we were on the wrong road going to the wrong trailhead apparently and how much how things. much of this was on purpose and how much was just pure accident no th- that the um the trespassing i mean i've had a few trespassing tickets been to jail for trespassing once um got a tattoo for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um but all the trespassing has always been by accident. I've never actually meant to trespass. And the cops didn't believe me, apparently, because I always got tickets for them. So, um, but Phil and I were going and hiking up Ben Lomond one winter day. Actually, he and I weren't hiking together. He and another friend had gone up the day before. So they, they usually would go up on um, New Year's Eve and hike up Ben Lomond and camp right below the summit. Pro tip, it's cold on New Year's Eve. It is cold, yeah. and there's a lot of snow. Yeah. And um, so they would always hike up with their snowboards on their backs in snowshoes, or sometimes post-holing, and get halfway up or three-quarters of the way up camp, and they'd usually spend um, one, sometimes two nights up there around New Year's. And so I met Phil in high school, and he said, hey, do you want to go 
over New Year's, you want to hike up Ben Lomond with us? And I said, yeah, sure. But I had to work the day that they were going up. They were going to spend two nights up up there. And so I decided to go up the next day with my brother. We were going to hike up and meet him. And then just spend one night up there. And then ski that next day and head, up, head out. So we, my brother and I went up. And the day that we went up, they had already been up there for a day. Uh, the day that we went up, it was puking snow. And it had been actually puking snow the day before as well. And so, am I remembering this right? <laughs> uh oh. I'm trying well, to remember. And now I'm trying to. Now I'm thinking that maybe we went up the same day, but he started in the morning and we went up in the afternoon after I got off work. I think but you that were might have separated. Been the case. You weren't together. We weren't together, yeah. and it was puking snow. So we we hiked up the first first switchbacks from North Ogden Divide, headed north. Um, we got to the top of the switchbacks and we lost the trail and it was snowing so hard and blowing so hard and foggy and all this other stuff that we could, couldn't even see our boots. Like sometimes the, the wind would slow down a little bit and you'd kind of get a glimpse of some trees out in front of you, but then the wind would pick up again and we couldn't see anything. It was just white out. It does that on mountains, which I'm surprised more people aren't lost it on in resorts. Right. I remember snowboarding at powder mountain when it was like that like the clouds on top of you and i wrecked and i didn't even know i was falling right. until the snow hit me in the face because when you're riding pal like that it's just smooth and all of a sudden like the snow's on my face i'm on, and i stopped i'm like i had no idea Whoa. i can't see <laughs> right yeah i thought i'm people have got to get lost up in storms all the time yeah because you can't see your own toes right well i was up on ben lomond separate occasion i was up with joe keeler we had just skied off the top and it got really, really foggy. And I'm, I'm skiing along just slowly because I can't see a thing. And I dropped off a cornice only about five feet and landed on my face because <laughs> I didn't know I was going off the cornice. Yeah, yeah. And um, but I'm just like eking along, eking along, eking along. And then suddenly I go over the edge of something and fall. And I just thought, oh, crap, what have I just done? And, oh. then, I, and then I hit. Yeah. But it was soft snow. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't even see what I went off of. And then, and then after a couple of minutes, um, the fog broke just enough that I could see that, oh, I'd come off a cornice and I like skied, skied down and back up and around the cornice or whatever. And I got down, but anyway, so, so we're hiking up and it's blowing so hard and it's so thick that we just can't even see anything. So we decide before it's too late we're gonna just turn around and head home we're gonna follow our tracks down and head home because we don't even think we know we can get up there where we were meaning to go and uh so we did then on the news that night and we didn't have cell phones back then then on the news that night um we heard this has been a while i'm trying to remember i'm trying to remember operation yeah so i'm trying to remember if um if Phil's parents called us and said, hey, have you heard from Phil or something like that? Or if we heard on the news, I think we heard on the news that there were some lost snowboarders. And Phil and his, his buddy, um, excuse me, who were hiking up, they were both snowboarders, lost snowboarders on Ben Lomond. And I thought, well, that's got to be them because there are only, guaranteed only two snowboarders on Ben Lomond today. <laughs> and... Um, Anyway, especially they, back then, there weren't as many people uh, in the backcountry then. Yeah, yeah, and 
And I guess they did have cell phones back then, but I didn't have a personal cell phone. Um, but they did have a cell phone up on there. And so what happened was, as they're hiking in the snow, Phil and his buddy got separated. Um, Phil couldn't keep up with his buddy. His buddy was in ridiculous shape, and um, he couldn't quite keep up. And then pretty soon, because it was snowing and blowing so hard, he couldn't see him, and he couldn't see the tracks anymore. The tracks had filled in with snow. And so he didn't know where he was going, and he ended up just... Um, after a while, Phil just decided it was stupid to keep hiking because he didn't even know if he was going in the right direction, didn't know where he was. So he just found a pine tree and huddled up next to a pine tree, kind of down in a little tree well, and hung out there for a while waiting for the the storm to break. And his other buddy made it up to where they were trying to get and set up a tent and was waiting for him. And after waiting there for a few hours and not, and Phil didn't make it, make it there. He called home on the cell phone and said, "Hey, I don't know where Phil is. We got separated, and I haven't seen him." And so, is this uh, an ethics question in the backcountry where you don't lose sight of your partner? I mean, I, I guess it it could be. Yeah. Um, in that case, I think that it was everything was innocent. Um, so anyway, so Phil, so Phil separated, and he ends up digging a snow cave because it's starting to get dark and he's thinking I don't know where I am the storm's not stopping I'm cold I need to dig a snow cave so he digs a snow cave on the side of the sill climbs in there and curls up and just hanging out and pretty soon he falls asleep and then he wakes up a little later and it's completely silent he can't hear anything he turns on his headlamp and realizes that his whole snow cave had been snowed in and his his door is snowed in and he's thinking oh crap like so he turns on his headlamp he's trying to dig out and he said at a certain point he just passed out and he doesn't remember anything he didn't get he wasn't didn't dig himself out in time or whatever. from like a asphyxiation type? maybe huh. yeah. um and then the next thing he remembers is he's sliding down the mountain in an avalanche what yeah so he's so he said and this is his story. He said that as he's laying there and he's trying to dig out and he's not getting out. And, and actually the pot, his cooking pot, is what he used to dig the snow cave. A cooking pot and a shovel. And both of those got buried in, in snow. He had set him by the door. They got buried in snow or whatever. He's trying to dig himself out. Can't find the shovel. Can't find the pot. He says he doesn't remember. He remembers saying a prayer because he didn't know what else to do. And then he passes out. And then the next thing he remembers is he's sliding down the mountain with, like, big chunks of snow, like, crushing him and stuff. And he's in his sleeping bag. And he's sliding down the mountain. Oh, he's in his sleeping bag. He's yeah. in his sleeping bag. So he um, he stops, and he ends up on like top. what worse scenarios could there be? Like, yeah. There's being in an avalanche, and there's being in a sleeping bag in an avalanche. Yeah. It's like you can't move. Right. You can't do little, I don't know. That sucks. It might have helped him. I don't know. But he ended up, he stopped on top. He mm. didn't get buried. He stopped on top. And so once they stopped, he was like, I, I couldn't find anything. I lost lost my headlamp, lost some things in the avalanche, whatever. And said, I, by that time, the storm had cleared up. And he said, I could see at least some pine trees and stuff. So he kind of slid down in his sleeping bag again into a tree well and just like spent the night wrapped around a pine tree <laughs> in his sleeping bag. The next day he wakes up and he's... Sun comes out and he's trying to find his stuff and he can't find his stuff. He has his 
snowboard boot liners on, but his boots, his actual boots oh, have been buried. Yeah. Um, he's got a sleeping bag and that's about it. Everything else has been buried. And so eventually he just gets in his sleeping bag and starts sliding and working his way down the mountain. And he gets about halfway down the mountain and he hears a helicopter overhead. And Life Flight comes over and lowers down. Like, we've been looking hook, for you. <laughs> hook, hooks him up to a harness and yeah. hauls him out on a harness. Wow. So he ended up with frostbite and on multiple toes and some other other issues and he it was uh it was a pretty crazy experience. So that wasn't my experience, that was it was his. Could have been you. But it could have been me. And where's the buddy? So the buddy got flown out too, I think. They they both got flown out. He was just hanging out on top and in the morning when he when the storm broke and the helicopters could actually go up and look for him, they came up and picked up the buddy and then found Phil and flew him off. So the so avalanche was between him and and it took it carried Phil. Yeah. And the, just a snow load slide? Yeah. I assume? Yeah, yeah. in fact, um, we went up a couple of weeks later. We hiked up there to see if we could find some of his stuff. And we found his backpack and we found his <laughs> cooking pot and a few yeah. other things. And you could see because they're... It, it was a couple, yeah, a couple weeks later, I think, I'm trying to remember, but the the avalanche had broken at his snow cave. Oh, interesting. So I don't know if that acted as a weak, like the trigger right, point, right. or if it was just kind of a miracle or whatever. But it it broke at his snow cave, and oh, so wow. you could see where his snow cave had been and and where the slide path was. So it's kind of crazy. Um, the next year, we hiked up mount ogden in the middle of a, a winter storm <laughs> similar situation we got to the top we hiked from the ogden side got to the top to the top of mount ogden and it was blo- snowing and blowing so hard that we couldn't we were hiking along the ridge line and there were times where we couldn't even see where we were stepping and you know on, along that ridge line there's some cliffs and other things and so we ended up having to wait out the storm we we waited out the storm on the little weather station up top they just keep there's like a there are two doors there's a first door that allows you into like this little maybe four foot by six foot room kind of like almost a mud room a little room before the actual weather station room and they keep that outer door unlocked Mm. so we were just huddled up in there and just kind of shivering our our way through the night until the storm broke and then uh and then at two o'clock in the morning the storm broke so we put our skis on and skied off down (laughs) through snow basin down to our car and they'd called search and rescue our parents had called search oh, and rescue uh, on yeah. us because they couldn't get a hold like, of us we know these guys they're lost yeah. <laughs> and we'll um, out in the morning yeah but search and rescue flew up with the helicopter and then had to bail because the storm was too strong they couldn't fly up in the storm and so so you don't have to pay that bill no i didn't have to pay yeah. that one yeah we got home so at two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning we got got back to the car had got cell service we called our parents the parents called the search and rescue let them know and everything we were okay but yeah so there's there's a few of those types of well it's always good when everyone lives a little frostbite you know but right but feels feels doing well yeah and you know i would say he's doing well he has always been doing well until just like uh two months ago he took a big fall rock climbing and shattered his heel the heel of his foot Almost had to, almost lost his leg. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Where was that at? Um, that was up in Ogden Canyon, I think. Wow. Um, but yeah, he, he uh, 
almost had to have his foot amputated, but it, it worked out. He still has it, but he can't put any weight on it for like another two or three months. So Rex, bipedal Rex, uh-huh. he asked me to go climbing um, back when we were climbing. And, and it was the same day, if you remember, the Ogden Street Festival. And I'm like, uh, no, nobody climbs during the Ogden Street Festival. <laughs> we go to the Ogden Street Festival. So he took a newbie down Ogden Canyon and fell. Uh, he said he got a, a rope caught and was trying to go climb up sort of free. I don't know how he rigged it. He didn't rig it right. But he <laughs> fell, slammed on the ground, broke his back, threw the belayer into the rock, broke the belayer's nose. And he said, so-and-so, the belayer, was running around like chicken with his head cut off. So <laughs> I was yelling at him, like, go to the road, go to the road. And he went to the road, and the first car that passed was a police officer who um, got him to the hospital. And he ended up broke back. Wow. wow. But uh, good old bipedal Rex, he's doing, he's bipedal. He's fine. He's wow. good to go, yeah. He didn't, cli- <laughs> yeah. didn't climb much after that, but yeah. Wow. Ogden Canyon, man. Be careful. Yeah. Climb it. yeah. Dang. Not yeah. that it's the canyon's fault, of course. Right, right. But See, in Philly, he's one of the most, um, you know, there's a lot of climbers out there that are probably more experienced than him, but of all of the friends that I know that are, are climbers, He's probably the one that I would trust most to know what he's doing. Him or Colby Wayman, maybe. Um, but he knows his stuff, and he does a lot of um, solo, like rope solo climbing and stuff like that. Um, he just he's done a lot of aid climbing, done a lot of sport climbing, tread climbing. He's got a lot of experience. So they were rope soloing. He and a buddy were both rope soloing, so they were both climbing at the same time, just on their own rope. And something just distracted him, and he rigged his... He didn't rig his rope wrong, but he forgot to... The way he uses his belay device, so it's not a locking device, he forgot to engage something. I I don't even know how he does it exactly, but he forgot to engage something. And um, so he climbed up, got like 25 feet off the ground, and then slipped... And the device didn't catch him because he forgot to engage whatever auto-locking system he had. And he just decked from 25 oh. feet up. Wow. That's up there, too. Landed on his heel. Oh the heels of his foot shattered yeah. his heel. And then, um, and I think that's all he did, is, which doesn't seem that bad, except that it's hard to fix a heel. And the skin, from what, he, from what he, the doctor explained to him and what he explained to me, the skin on the back of your heel... Uh, there's not a lot of it there, and it's hard for that to heal, and it's hard it, doing skin grafts to the back of the heel and stuff just don't work usually, or a lot of times they don't work. And so that can be a common place where if you get a really bad injury, it can not heal, get infected, get mm. and stuff, and, and sometimes they even have to amputate because it just doesn't heal. Luckily for him, skin graft took... Um, and everything worked out kind of miraculously so and so he still has a foot but <laughs> yeah it was kind of crazy but he's after it happened the doctor said he had had to it was like three or four months non-weight bearing or something like that while it healed so well kind of crazy chase you got a short story yeah i do um well, I just got to say, I've been very distracted. I've been on my phone a lot while Greg was talking. I just got a notification that they released more tickets for the Red Bull Rampage. <laughs> and so I had to buy a ticket before I sold out again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I'm going to Red Bull Rampage next week. Okay. I'm stoked. Oh, good. Um, anyways, so I have a story. It's, I'm going to reverse it, though, a little bit. Have I told you about the, 
the Clint and Mikkel cabin story? No. No. Okay. Uh -uh. It's not. It's not an epic, crazy story, but it was one of the funniest experiences I've ever had in the outdoors. So, me and Clint and Mikkel and some of their friends that they went to high school with, we went up to um, just over the border into Canada, into the like northern, just over the border. Like, of like legally. We did go okay, legally. Right. We're starting past. legal. Okay. We went legal. So we're just up at this cabin, and um, we spent a couple of days up there. And there's one night that the cabin is very old. It's not like this. You think a cabin nowadays, you're like, oh, it's, it's a the beginning house. of a horror story right here. It's just, it's it's an old cabin. It's a couple yeah. hundred years old, I think. Just like, anyways, and it's back in the woods. And the night, this night particularly, it had rained all day, and it, it was really foggy, and you couldn't see. Like looking out the back window. All you could see is a few trees and just fog and mist. It was super eerie. And there's three bears on this property. And one of them is like a really, really old bear that's been killing a ton of cattle. Um, and so they had moved the cattle into like another area um, because as this bear, their den was on there, like next to the cabin. So they had said like, be careful. There's bears running around the property. Has never hurt anyone or anything, but be careful. You know, it, it is out there and it's, it's really old. From what I understand, grumpy bear. So that's like the background of this whole time, right? Yeah. It's an eerie night. We yeah. know there's bear out there. Um, there's one cabin that has like the main cabin with the kitchen, and there's like a couple bedrooms. We let Clinton Mikkel um, sleep in there, and then everyone else is in the bunkhouse, which is another cabin like 50 yards away from that one on the property. So we're all chilling there. We left. We're all super eerie. Some kid was telling some spooky story, and we're all like, have the heebie-jeebies yeah. it's just like freaking eerie night we're chilling in the the bunkhouse and there's like it was about two o'clock before me and one of my friends went back to the bunkhouse clint went to bed and everyone else was already at the bunkhouse we get in and, and we're kind of like whispering because it's like 2 a.m we don't want to wake anyone up and someone else is like yo what are you guys talking about They're like oh sweet more people are awake so we started talking in the bunkhouse within a half hour everyone in the bunkhouse is up it's 2 30 we're all talking. We're having a good time. We're like, oh, my gosh, guys. We could pull a killer prank on Clinton McKell. Oh, and <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have any service up here. But I don't know if it was a miracle or what. I looked at my phone and I had some service. So I downloaded an app that was Bear Noises. Right? <laughs> and we downloaded the app. Which we'd it, like to donate to that app right now, <laughs> right? by the way. <laughs> it downloaded, like, super quick. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay. It's meant to so be. We're like, yep. let's go to, like, the corner of the cabin where they're at. And we'll like push up against the house or whatever. Make we'll turn on these noises, right? We sneak out. We go over there and and we turn on these bear noises. And it's legit. Like it sounds like a freaking bear. <laughs> <laughs> we put it next to the window and we start to kind of like push oh it, gosh. like banging on the house. Yeah. And the whole house kind of moves because it's so old. Oh my gosh. And and we like bang on it. We do these growls and we're kind of like banging on the window and scratching the house. And like for like thirty seconds in here. Mikael, Mikael, Mikael. <laughs> and we're all just like, oh my gosh, guys. And then um, we do it a little bit more and we hear, guys, guys, is that you? And we, nothing. We didn't say anything. And we, we did it again. And we could tell that I kind of panicked in there. Yeah. And then I hear, Chase, Chase. What? They went immediately to <laughs> they Chase. Immediately yeah. to Chase. They knew. <laughs> and we just didn't say anything. And then um, Clint says, guys, this isn't funny. This isn't funny. We're scared. <laughs> and <laughs> so we're, we're just like, we're oh trying not to gosh. laugh. So we all run into the, the next cabin over. We're, we're 
we think it's all done, right? We're just chilling, hanging out. It's like three o'clock at this point. We had, it had been done for about a half hour. And I get a call from Clint and I can't add terrible service. And so like, I, I answer the phone and I act like I'm asleep. I'm like, oh, what, what do you want, Clint? Like, why are you calling me? He's like, oh my gosh. He's like, yeah, was that you? I was like, what was what? Like, what are you talking about? It's 3.30 in the morning. Why are you calling me? And he's like, dude, there's a bear out here. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and so it's, they've been stewing on this for a half hour. At this oh, point, we're, man, all about, yeah. we're all about asleep. And so while I'm on the phone, this one girl's like, all right, I'm going to go down there and do it again while you're on the phone with them. And <laughs> so I can hear it all going on. Right. <laughs> they go down and they do it again. And Clint's like, Chase, it's back here. There's a, there's literally a bear on. <laughs> it's trying to get into this cabin. Oh my god! And this we're is a just, legit prank. We're just dying. And he's like, "You need to come down here right now." I'm like, "Clint, I'm not gonna walk down there when there's a freaking bear outside. Like, who do you think I am?" He's like, "Well, just give it a little bit and then come down, okay?" I'm like, "Okay." And I know, obviously, what's going on. So they hang up the phone. We give it like a minute, and we like walk down there, and we walk into the cabin, and Clint is pacing all around the cabin just like stressed out of his oh, mind and Mikel's no. like sitting there like just petrified and i'm like oh my gosh guys <laughs> they literally they literally think of bear and from their account like the whole like the walls were shaking and pictures were moving and they thought yeah. a bear was literally breaking into their cabin and about 15 minutes later one girl couldn't handle it she's like guys it was us and oh they, Chase, you are <laughs> evil <laughs> i didn't i thought full well, well when he said guys that they knew it was us and yeah. we're, we're good, right? No. They <laughs> sat on it for about an hour. Oh, my gosh. And just, just doing. And it was probably one of the best pranks I've ever pulled in my life. Yeah, that's it was, awesome. It was awesome. So it wasn't this epic, crazy Bigfoot story. But, you know, no, but we bears, pulled a good one. Bears are scary. And uh, we can end on, on this. Um, be, because It's because of the the unknown right, right. Mm-hmm. like and so uh i went to denali my family went to denali and uh we stayed with a local friend of ours and we drive into the park and she's got a camper on the back of her truck well but we can't all sleep in there so i'm in the tent outside the truck and the ranger comes by right it's dusk and you can hear a river right next to us and the ranger says hey there's a grizzly down there by the by the river so put all your food away i'm like okay and then i asked uh, linda who's who we're with is staying with i'm like hey um what happens if a, if a grizzly comes into camp she says oh i'll smell it <laughs> <laughs> she's got like a she's got like a rifle or something in the truck right she's like i'll, I'll smell it i'll take care of it. i got a i got a gun i'm like okay I'm 19 <laughs> years old i'm in a tent by myself <laughs> yeah in the middle of denali alaska so what do i do uh this is the same time the crow soundtrack came out so i put the I got my headphones it's probably a <laughs> cd player right to put my headphones on listening and i fall asleep and in the middle of the night um i heard the, the bear like, <laughs> like that right and the and then you could hear on the side of the tent it scrapes the side of the tent on one side and i'm sitting as still as i possibly can like and I can see my heart like hit the top of the tent, <laughs> like because it's beating that hard, you know. And I thought, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna die. <laughs> so I might as well. I'm waiting for Linda to smell the bear. <laughs> Did you just put on your curl music? <laughs> just, yeah, no, just I'm just, just waiting for like yeah, this. yeah. And it was, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was me snoring. And then I didn't because when you listen to headphones, you don't hear the sounds at night. And the wind would blow, and it would the bushes would scrape the tree or the tent, you know. And then that was the noise. But when it happens back to back so fast, and you just wake up out of 
Like, I thought I heard a bear right. trying to get me. It was nothing. It was nothing. <laughs> bear was probably... It usually is. Couldn't care at all. Yeah, I was gone. And I just remember laying there thinking, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. So I was up in the mountains one time up in the Sawtooth, and there's a bunch of wolves up in the Sawtooth. Oh, that was legit. Yeah. yeah. Is this the one? Did you tell this one? No. That, well, one? so that's that's my that father-in-law's yeah. story. Um, and that's... No, so the wolves don't really have a lot of bears, right? The Sawtooth? Sawtooth. Yeah, not a ton of bears, but, but they, they do have quite a few wolves. Hmm. So this is my story, and it's not nearly as impressive as uh, my father-in-law's story. Which is really quite a good one, and and legit. Like, anyway, so we're in the Wind River, or we're in the Sawtooth. We're backpacking, and I was just. We had been talking earlier that day about how cool it would be to see some wolves. I was saying, oh man, I think it would be so cool to see some wolves. And so that night, as the sun's starting to go down, we hear some wolves howling, and I know that if you, um, if you howl at wolves, they'll howl back. And then usually they'll come to find out who's happening. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. So yeah. I want to see some wolves, and I'm figuring out oh, there's three of us. Like, we're, we're safe. We're good. We could totally see some wolves, and they're not going to mess with us or anything. I think you need, like, 25 minimum to <laughs> yeah. be safe. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, so that as the sun's starting to go down, we hear some wolves, and I start howling. And don't think anything of it. I howl a couple times, don't hear much, and, and then we go to bed. I'm not thinking anything of it. Later, we're laying in bed, and I'm just, I'm just talking to, um, I think it's my father-in-law that was in the tent with me. We're just talking about a variety of things, and this is before my wife and I were married. Um, we had been, we were in dating or engaged or something. I think that might have even been the trip where I asked him for permission to marry oh, his daughter. That's a big trip. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was the conversation we might have even been having that night. And before we die from wolves. Right. Yeah. Do you mind? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we're laying there, we're talking about a bunch of different stuff, and then I hear something outside in the bushes. And of course, when you're laying in the tent, you can't see outside, and everything sounds so loud and terrifying. And I had like wolves, everything. I had wolves like on my a mind. Mouse goes by, and you're right? Like, yeah. I had wolves on my mind, and so I hear something in the bushes, and I just stop. I'm like, do you hear that? He said, Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you think it is? Uh, I don't know. It's the wind. Like, think it's a wolf? <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's like, uh, maybe, I guess, maybe. Like, and so I'm just listening, and it's it's quiet. And all we can hear is the fire in the background. Wait. Wow. Yeah, just like that. I'm just kidding. We didn't have a fire. Oh, but shoot. <laughs> okay, <it's gone>. okay, <laughs> okay. But we didn't have a fire, but I just heard the fires. But anyway, so we're laying there. It's really quiet, and I can't hear anything. And then all of a sudden, we hear the bushes moving again. I'm like, oh, did you hear that? He's like, yeah. So I am I think I'm really impressing my father-in-law at this point, because I'm kind of like, oh, my gosh, what was that? Yeah, or scared. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like, yeah, yeah I heard it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. What do you think it is? I don't know. Might be a deer. Might be a squirrel. I don't know. You think it's a wolf? Eh, could could be but i don't think so like i think it's a wolf <laughs> and i'm in my mind i'm thinking i howled it here like yeah i called it yeah and uh so i you speak uh, wolf now right yeah so i like s quietly get my headlamp out and i lean over 
toward to where the door is, and I try to unzip the door as quietly as I can without scaring anything. Which is impossible. Right. In the middle, of, yeah. And so then I turn my light on, and I've got my hand covering the light so that it won't won't shine. And then I'm looking in the direction of the of the sound, and then I like uncover the light. So then now it's shining. I'm looking around, and I don't see anything. And then all of a sudden, I see some eyes, and I like cover up the light again. Like, oh, there it is. And I look out again, and I see the eyes staring at me. And it's like this baby deer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Something like that. I'm like, yeah. Oh, all right. They're really I, scary. I, yeah. yeah. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, uh, it's a deer. He's like, yeah, I kind of thought so. I zip up the tent, and we go to sleep. And I was just thinking, man, I bet I really impressed my father-in-law right there. <laughs> he now thinks I'm a pansy. Cause no, I, but, you know, you get like, like, oh. I'm going to say old person, but in a respectful way. The older you get, the less you care about those noises. Right. Like, He's like, yeah, it's eh, probably nothing. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Yeah. No, and, and there have been quite, there have been a few instances in my life where I've been with my dad or my father-in-law where I've just been like, oh, what's that? Oh, oh, what's that? And they're like, that's nothing. And it, of course, turns out to be nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, they're kind of fun, fun experiences. Cool. Well, should we wrap this up? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Thanks for long one. yeah. Thanks for joining us for this podcast. Hopefully, some of these stories are have been entertaining, and these are just some of the reasons why we love being in the outdoors. Because um, you you make the most the best memories in the outdoors, whether it's literally like a squirrel in the bushes that you think is a bear, or or a people shaking a cabin that. <laughs> you think it's a bear or whatever, whatever it is. Um, almost a losing. Bipedal. Oh yeah, yeah bipedal. bipedal exactly. Um, you definitely <laughs> make the best bipedal. memories in the outdoors. That's why we we enjoy it so much, and that's why we're why we do what we do. So, um, thanks for joining us for these stories. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and also leave us a review, please. Uh, five stars. A, a five nice stars. five stars. Yeah, a nice review, so that others can find our podcast as well. And uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero, and check out our website, gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com, and check out the Guilds of the Week. Thanks, and we'll see you in the next episode. See you out there.